Good morning here in chapel. I'm excited about this opportunity to remind you of some simple truths. Now to start off, I've got a question. Can any of you guess what the most popular team sport in the entire world is? If you guessed soccer, you're right. Soccer happens to be my most favorite team sport as well. It was the only team sport that I played when I was a child and youth. I can still remember biking the two to three miles from Rice's store where we lived into Blythe to play on the soccer field behind the arena. Running up and down that soccer field in the heat of the summer and then biking those same miles back to our home. Years later, when my family and I, you're right, do you want to come in here? Moved here to New Tribe's mission, I was thrilled that the sport of choice was soccer. I loved every night that I got to come out here and run around on the soccer field kicking a ball around. It put a smile on my face every time. All right, Uri, do you want to go kick the ball over there? So soccer, it's not a spectator sport. It is a team sport. And on this team, there are different types of players, different roles on the team. To keep it simple, there are defensemen, there are forwards, but there's also a goalie. And on this team, you need to have everybody playing their position and actually playing. That if you've got a team that has no goalie, the chance of them getting scored on goes way up and they're not going to win. Or if everybody on the team thinks that they're going to be the goalie of that team, for that team, they're not going to score any goals and their chance of winning goes out the door. And so it's important in the game of soccer for everybody to be playing but to be playing their positions, using the skills and the gifts that they've been working on, that they've been given, in order for that team to win. Now, the local church, in my mind, is in many ways exactly like a soccer team. There are different roles, different skills on the team. These last four months, as local churches have, local churches have not been able to meet in person, I've been reflecting on what makes a thriving church, what helps a church be healthy. It'll be interesting to see as restrictions continue to lift to see which churches thrive coming out of the pandemic and which churches don't do so well. Does having a church of 100 or even 200 people help or hinder? Does having a church with a lot of paid staff or almost no paid staff become a blessing or the opposite of a blessing, a liability? It'll be interesting to see which churches thrive coming out of the pandemic. I suspect that churches that had a high degree of engagement going into the pandemic where everybody or almost everybody within the congregation knew what their role was and they were using their skills, they're going to be the churches that come out thriving. And that churches that catered to spectators, to pew warmers, they might not come out of this in such a healthy state. I've always been one that has been passionate for church not being a spectator sport. A couple of years ago, I heard of one church that actually encouraged people who weren't willing to plug in during the week to not take up a seat on Sunday morning. This congregation needed the seats within their auditorium for people that were part of the life of the church throughout the week. I've heard of another church that had a high expectation on plugging in. They expected their congregants to be involved intentionally in community four times each week. There was a Sunday morning gathering as a whole, 
but they expected everyone to be part of a small group as well. Not too scary. But then they also outlined an expectation that each person in their congregation would be involved in not one, but two discipleship relationships throughout each week. One where they were discipling someone younger in the faith, and a second relationship where they were the one being discipled. Can you imagine the elders, the pastors at Huron Chapel, stating publicly that they expected everybody to engage intentionally four times each week? Now, before you guys start to get out the pitchforks and send me packing, let's take a look at what the Word of God says about spiritual gifts. When I think about the local church and about body life principles, I think about spiritual gifts. Now, in the New Testament, there are four portions that address this area of teaching. The first is in Romans chapter 12, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has a good chunk as well. Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Peter 4 both have teaching on spiritual gifts as well. So, let's look at Romans chapter 12 this morning. Um, As you guys are turning there, as I'm turning there, I want to point out that both in the epistle written to the church in Rome and the epistle written to the church in Ephesus, the teaching on spiritual gifts comes after the Apostle Paul has laid a solid foundation of what the gospel is and is not. That How we practice our faith comes after we understand what our position is in Christ. That what we do is something that comes after, what we, un- after we understand what has been done for us by Christ at Calvary. And so I want to undermine, underline, not undermine, that it is important for us to not get confused about merit-based religion. We're not talking about earning God's favor. We're talking about recognizing the favor that we have with God because of Christ and out of that position, having a practice. And so as we look at Romans chapter 12, this is written to people who are already believers, who are already blood-bought sinners who are saints. So Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith." For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. These verses out of Romans chapter 4, along with the other three sections of the New Testament uh, about spiritual gifts, Um, bring to mind for me two key truths. 
God has intentionally and specifically given each member of the body a diversity of gifts. And God expects and wants each one of us to use the gift or gifts that he has given us. So let's get into that topic of diversity. To begin with, we see that it is God who is giving the gifts and that he is giving them to believers, members of Christ's body, the church. The nature of these gifts is that they are diverse. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the word diversity comes up repeatedly. I find it interesting that alongside this idea of diversity, the Apostle Paul ties in the idea of unity. Because often we think of diversity as being the cause of division, and yet diversity is not equal to division, just as unity is not equal to uniformity. At Ethnos, I have the opportunity of working with a lot of different people. Now, to be clear, I'm actually the odd one out. If we were to look at a scale of those who are strong with people skills and those who are strong with tasks and their focus is on tasks, I'm definitely more on the task side and have a significant handicap in the area of people skills. But over the years, I've come to appreciate the very people who have for many years frustrated me. They frustrated me because they don't think like me. They're not passionate about the same things that I'm passionate about. Efficiently getting things done. They're more concerned, rightfully, about caring for people and are less concerned about getting work done. I've had to realize that if more people in this world were like me, this world would not be a better place, it would actually be worse. One of the books I read about this actually stated that only 4% of the general population is wired with the same temperament as me. And if the world was filled with people like me, we would be in a much worse position. Too much of a good thing can ruin the whole. Tim Watley likes to often remind me that he can only handle one of me in any group, that more than one detail-oriented administrator is just overwhelming to him. It's, It's not a healthy situation. My girls love to come up with an acronym for the word WEIRD. One of the acronyms is W is for WONDERFUL. E is for exquisite, I for imperfect, R for real, and D is for different. We need each other. We need each other's weirdness. We need your weirdness and we need my weirdness because your strengths compensate for the long list of shortcomings that I have. And my strengths compensate for the one or two barely recognizable shortcomings that you have. The Word of God says that there was only ever one perfect man, the man Christ Jesus, which means you are not perfect and I'm not perfect. And the epiphany in this is that this is by design. God did not give you or me or any human being other than Christ all of the spiritual gifts. And as such, we need each other to complement each other. Some at Huron Chapel are particularly gifted with teaching. Some are exceptional shepherds, but not all. Some at Huron Chapel are functioning in their sweet spot when they are quietly serving in the background through cleaning the church throughout the week. Some are super-duper administrators. Others are exceptional leaders. There are cheerful givers at Huron Chapel. There are some who are exceptional with kids, but not everybody is. 
The pastors at Huron Chapel are only able to thrive in their area of engiftedment because the rest of the church, the rest of the team members, are doing their part, freeing up the pastors to do what they have been wired to do. And likewise, if the quiet and shy types at Huron Chapel were expected to be on the platform week in and week out, it would be a painful experience for everybody involved. The secret is to recognize that God has intentionally made and gifted each one of us uniquely in such a way that we actually need each other. You are necessary and I am necessary. Each of us have, by design, gaps in who we are that make body life necessary. We complement each other. Now, instead of getting irritated by each other's being different and weird, If we are able to step back and recognize this is by God's design and celebrate it, Huron Chapel will thrive. Yes, this reframing of each other's weirdness and differences is sometimes challenging. It does take practice, but it is worth it. So just like a soccer team needs a variety of players with a variety of gifts, the local church, as God has designed it, needs a variety of people with a diversity of gifts. So not being harsh about somebody else's being weird and different and a compliment to you is one thing. But what if half the soccer team never gets on the field? What if they stay home or what if they come and just warm up the bench or sit in the bleachers? Is that team going to win? In the passage from Ephesians chapter 4, we see that God gives people to the church as a gift. Some to be apostles, some to be teachers, etc., etc. So, those of you who know me know that I am someone who doesn't necessarily lack self confidence. So, whether it's wearing a pink shirt, so this is the actual pink shirt that Wes Beacon bought me while we were still in high school. He said, If I buy you this shirt, will you wear it? And here I am, still wearing it. Another thing that I'm known for is wearing my socks and sandals 365 days a year. I've actually wore socks. Well, I I couldn't wear socks and sandals for my wedding. I had to wear only sandals with my tux for the wedding. And those of you who were there can remember that day and how cold it was for me to be barefoot on the beach in Godrich in my Birkenstocks. My confidence allows me to get up here and teach to you guys. So over the years, I have had to remind myself over and over again, Jason, you are not God's gift to this world. So imagine the surprise that I found this last week as I was preparing for this, that I was wrong all along. I am actually God's gift to, well, maybe not the world, but I'm God's gift to the church. But it's not me who is God's gift. It is Christ in me who is the gift. It is Christ in you who is enabling you to be the gift that God wants you to be to Huron Chapel. It's what He wants to do through you, which is a blessing. I'm only able to be a gift to the local church because Christ is in me and He's working through me. And that's only possible because of grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. It's not Jason Bechtel who is God's gift to the world. It's Christ in this broken pot that makes Jason Bechtel of any use to God. So the fact remains, you are a gift from God to your local church. 
and the whole body suffers if you aren't using your spiritual gifts to be a blessing to build up the body of Christ. One of the things that I love about Huron Chapel is how you guys are a fantastic example, a positive example of what it means to work together with a diversity of gifts. I was blessed to be part of Huron Chapel during the years that the building was constructed. The long days, the late evenings, working side by side, many people using their gifts. Some gifts were with hammers. Others were baking pies, and I definitely benefited from the pies that many of you made while we were building your building. Another area where Huron Chapel shines is in the area of children's ministry and VBS specifically. Yes, VBS is a lot of work, but it's only because of the vast number of adults and youth that put their shoulder to the task that it becomes possible. And it's not a whole bunch of clones of XYZ, of of whoever you want to say is behind the VBS, but it's because of, of a diversity of gifts. How many VBSs have the exceptional Bible teaching that Mark Westrup has provided in years past? How many VBSs add to that amazing music and dance and songs? How many have added in a petting zoo and woodworking and craft times and the loved tortillas and food stations, the baking that happens at VBS? There is such variety at the VBSs at Huron Chapel, and that's because there is a body that is free to use their variety of gifts for the glory of God, to build up the household of faith. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul asks a number of, of heretical, not heretical, rhetorical, rhetorical questions, uh, illustrating that every part is necessary. So let me read you a few verses out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, every one of you, just where He wanted them, just where He wanted you to be. And they were all one If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. When playing soccer, physical injury is a very real possibility. I am fortunate to have never broken a bone and have never torn a tendon. But I know many of you know what it's like to have one part of your body not functioning in the way that it was designed to function and the strain that that puts on the entireness of your body, and ultimately of your life. So when a part of Christ's body, the church, is for whatever reason not functioning in their sweet spot, the whole body suffers for it. I think it is pretty special that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 25, Paul says that, and here I quote, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. That word care for me is a special word. 
Part of you being weird and bringing your differentness to the body at Huron Chapel is actually an act of caring for the rest of the body because they need you to complement and compensate for what they don't have by God's design. So let's review a couple of the, the simple truths about body life principles. Christ is the head of his body. God is the one who, through an act of grace, is, has engifted each one of us differently. No one person, not even me, has all of the gifts. Every person is given at least one gift. The gifts are given for the building up of the body, ultimately to the glory of God, as we see in 1 Peter chapter 4. So as we've seen how the members of the local church are when they're freed up to do what they are gifted to do, it's sort of like a winning soccer team, a team that is thriving at their sport. But I want to pivot a little bit and draw some parallels between the local church and cross-cultural missions. We can see how these same body life principles not only apply to local church ministry, but the local church on mission overseas. I count it a blessing to come from an amazing church, from Huron Chapel, that understands the necessity of a diversity of gifts of support roles. I count it a huge blessing that Angie and I get to serve in the shadow of multiple families, Dave and, Dave, Dave and Deb Rogers, Stephen Krista Campbell, and how those who have gone before Angie and I have laid that foundation of understanding that ministry overseas cannot thrive if it's not for a diversity of gifts, specifically support roles. When Angie and I made the decision to step out in faith and to serve full-time with New Tribes Mission in a support role, we did not feel any pushback at all. If anything, we felt pushed and encouraged into it with the support that we had during those early years. But many missionaries are not so fortunate. Many of them, after spending months and sometimes years overseas, come home and are faced with questions about how many people gave their lives to Christ as a result of that missionary's ministry. Almost to say that every person on the soccer team is obligated and expected to score goals. It doesn't make sense when you realize the diversity that is needed within a soccer team, within the local church, and ultimately within the church doing its job overseas, completing the Great Commission. Many of the places where Ethnos Canada and our partners send missionaries to go and to serve around the world, they're developing countries. There is not the same level of medical care available. We actually bring our own medical teams, doctors, nurses, dentists as well. So, doctors, nurses, and dentists are all critical parts of the team that we sometimes have to bring with us to the mission field. Many of the places where we serve, the level of workmanship in the building of homes is not what we expect and it's not what we um, feel is safe. And so in many of the places where we serve, we have to bring our own Steve and Krista Campbell along to help build houses. And so we bring along construction workers. Huron Chapel has sent teams to Papua New Guinea repeatedly, in addition to sending Dave and Deb Rogers and Stephen Krista Campbell. 
and we thank you for it. Many missionaries are super grateful for the construction help that has come from here in chapel over the years. Even the educational needs of our children is something that isn't as accessible as what many families want on the field. And so if you're a teacher, if you've got experience teaching and are willing to give up one year or more to teach abroad, let me know. I know of more than one country that's looking for school teachers, both elementary and secondary. Bookkeepers, accountants, anybody there at Huron Chapel know how to crunch numbers. We're looking for those to help missionaries with their funds, both at home and overseas. It's another critical need. And we haven't even talked about the weirdness that is needed for some of the unique roles on the mission field. Now, does anybody at Huron Chapel love doing puzzles? Because if you like doing puzzles, you might be perfect for being a linguist and figuring out how to reduce an oral-only language to a written form, only to find out that they conjugate their verbs 60, sometimes more than 60 different ways. Anybody at Huron Chapel interested in learning tonal languages? Now, if we were to ask a linguist to be as equally skilled in the area of their passion, in the areas of construction, of medical stuff, of bookkeeping, accounting, missionaries need people like you with your particular weirdness on the team. God has designed there to be a diversity of roles in soccer teams, in the local church, but also overseas as the church goes on mission. Huron Chapel is an amazing church, not because of of who it is or who's there, aside from Christ. It's because of who Christ has, uh, Christ being there, that Huron Chapel is an amazing church. And that this church has grasped the value and the necessity of having a diversity of gifts, not just present, but being used, how they are needed for thriving in ministry, both within Huron County and around the world. The fact that this is merely a reminder from me to you this morning encourages me. You guys, because of what Christ has done amongst you, are a great example to other churches of what it means to celebrate the diversity within the body. As the restrictions across Ontario continue to change, my prayer is that you find yourself as a church finding ways to thrive as each member is appreciated for the unique and weird things that they bring to the equation and that everyone has a growing desire to use their skills, their differentness, their weirdness within Huron Chapel as it invests in its members, equipping them to go out and to make disciples of all the nations. Thanks again for this opportunity to remind you of these simple truths.